six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of Fantasy Football 101. I'm your host, Jake Rip, and you are listening to the 101 of Fantasy Football Podcasts. On last week's episode, D. Hall and I broke down the AFC South. Everyone who is anyone, fantasy irrelevant in that division, go back, check it out, go learn something. Uh, lots of good information in that episode. On today's episode, I want to talk about some fantasy football sleepers. Uh, and, and just to be clear, because you see a lot of names being thrown around and attached to a sleeper player. For me, a sleeper has to be anyone outside of the top 150 in ADP. For example, I'm looking at this list right now I found online. We're not going to put anyone on blast here, but these are some names that they have listed as sleepers. Starting with Deontay Johnson, Calvin Ridley, Brandon Cooks, Stephon Diggs, Debo Samuel, Hollywood Brown, Terry McLaurin, <laughs> Robbie Anderson, DK Metcalf. These guys are not sleepers. These are well-known players. These aren't sleepers for an average fantasy football player, let alone someone who's more sophisticated and plays in a more engaged league with people who know what they're doing. I want to talk about super deep, super sneaky sleepers. I'm talking about guys who might even go undrafted in most redraft leagues uh, and, and are really being slept on in dynasty leagues. These guys you could take with the very last pick of your draft, one of the last two picks of your draft, and they have potential to pop off or at the very least be relevant and be rosterable for a full fantasy football season. And, I mean, what else can you ask for with a guy that you're taking with your last pick? Back in February, someone like Deontay Johnson was a sleeper. I would consider him a sleeper. But now he's so talked about and so overhyped in the fantasy football community that his ADP is going through the roof, and I'm just simply not interested in this point. He costs too much for what he is worth. These guys are only as valuable as their ADP suggests. It's getting to the point where someone like Deontay Johnson is going to end up being drafted in the single-digit rounds. That's way, way too rich for me, especially when a guy on the same team in James Washington only finished with 15 less fantasy points on the year. I'm not going to get too far into that because, spoiler alert, that name comes up in this episode, and we're going to talk about it with D. Hall. But just know, going into this episode, you're going to hear some names that you're not going to like. You're going to think they're lousy players. But they're valuable relative to their average draft position. These guys are either going undrafted or they're going in the final rounds of a regular, whatever, uh, 15, 16 round draft. So we're going to get moving here. And without further ado, let's bring on the man himself, D. Hall. And now, please welcome the Timex wearing, spirit flying. Toyota riding, Woo! fantasy football ranking. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm having a hard time keeping these alligators on the ground. D. Hall. 
All right, boys and girls, he is back. We've got D Hall back on Fantasy Football 101. Donnie, talk to the people. Woo! Yeah, What's buddy. going on, fantasy freaks? Can we start every one of your intros off with that? I mean, I, I prefer that over like a hey, how's it going? Or I think it's a no brainer at this point, Jake. It's, really it, it's really implied, I guess. Absolutely. All right. Uh, if you haven't already, go back, check out the last episode we did. That was the AFC South Division Breakdown. On today's episode, we're going to cover some super sneaky sleepers. Um, these are guys who, not your not your grandma's sleepers. I'm not talking about Deontay Johnson. He's not a sleeper anymore. That's a guy that everyone's talking about. I'm not talking about Darius Geis. Darius Geis go. is not a sleeper. I'm talking about guys who are likely going to go undrafted in your redraft leagues and are even being slept on in dynasty leagues. Guys who are, your league mates are taking kickers and defenses and you're going to be hunting down the guys that we're about to name. You ready to get it kicked off? Yeah, let's do it, Jake. I'm excited for it. Well, how about this? Before we do, there's a little bit of breaking news. Not so much breaking news. By the time you're listening to this, it's going to be about week old news. But it finally happened. Superman Cam Newton signs with the New England Patriots. Oh, man, Jake. Can we rewind the tape to a couple weeks ago when we were recording? And I said, this all could be for naught. If Cam Newton goes to the Patriots and you slaughtered me, <laughs> I couldn't I think see it's time it, man. For you to eat some crow, sir. Yes, yes, I'm chowing down right now on that crow, but yeah. I I couldn't see it happening. Something about the the aura and the vibe that Cam Newton carries with them, I couldn't see it meshing with Bill Belichick, who has always had Tom Brady in that offense. I don't know. I just I couldn't picture it in my head, but yeah, I've seen I, the I've seen the yeah, photoshopped the photoshopped images now plenty i can totally visualize it and <laughs> i like it i think i'm in on cam newton with new england what do you think uh so uh, it's, an, it's an improvement right i mean uh, i mean it's not hard to improve on jared stenham i don't think sure that's uh, fair. but i think that you know it really really now everything we talk about on here is assuming people are going to be completely healthy Sure. My first thought, and the, the crazy thing about this, Jake, is, uh, you know, we were at your, actually your wedding this weekend when this uh, dropped, and I ran out of my car and I went up to you and I said, "Look at this freaking news, man!" I think and you you might have broke the news before Adam Schefter. I, I was there, bro. I mean, I got the sleeper app. I'm in the car with my wife, and uh, you know, we just had a baby, so she had to do some stuff. So I jumped out of the car, left her in the car to come run and talk to you, but. The crazy thing, so after I settled down and was talking to you a little bit, the first thing I thought of was this is going to make Julian Edelman a top 24 receiver again. Sure, and, and to be fair, I think that he probably had that in his range of outcomes with Jarrett Stidham at quarterback. He's just such a safe option in an offense that doesn't have a lot of receivers. Yeah. But uh, maybe this does improve the chances of Nikhil Harry being something this year. Yeah, and you look at guys uh, that Cam Newton has liked to throw into in the past. You look at Christian McCaffrey owning the mid, uh, the mid, mid and short uh, routes, and then you look at the guys that uh, he liked to throw to in the end zone, end zone whether it be a, a Kelvin Benjamin or a Devin Funches. You know those guys are very similar to what Nikhil Harry is. So I think that Nikhil Harry definitely gets a bump. I think that the biggest beneficiary is definitely Julian Edelman, 
And uh, my first thing that I came out of my mouth is I think that this spells the end for Sony Michelle. If, and this is a big if, and you and you had to point this out to me when we were talking, Jake, if Cam Newton is what he is, what he has been in the past, which is a goal line running back, I don't see Sony Michelle getting anywhere. I mean, he doesn't catch the ball out of the backfield. His main production was yards and goal line carries. And if he doesn't get them goal line carries, I don't like his chances. Yeah, the goal line carries could hurt. Cam Newton's averaged like five rushing touchdowns per season over the past three years. I think the only way that this could benefit Sony Michelle in a positive way is if the Patriots start to see more positive game scripts uh, as a result of Jason Jarrett Stidham, rather, not blowing the game. Yeah, and, and Jake, yeah, I think that's a good call. Um, but you also look at that defenses that are in that division, just uh, Buffalo and the Jets aren't bad either. Until they lose um, Jamal Adams. That's remained to be seen, but that's definitely going to happen at some point. I agree with you there. But you look at the defenses that are in the division, especially Buffalo. I mean, it's going to be tough. I said that I was I was kind of all in on Sony, not all in on Sony. I liked Sony's chances better before this because I thought they were going to run the ball and play defense. Now, I mean, Cam Newton's what, three or four years removed from MVP season? Uh, you know? Yeah, and you know what? If you want to talk about depleted receiving options in a Patriots offense, do you know who his top receivers were during his MVP season in 2015? I probably couldn't tell you, to be honest with you, Jake. He led the Carolina Panthers to a Super Bowl, won NFL MVP, and his top two receivers were Corey Brown and Ted Ginn. There you go. I mean... Our, our Ted Ginn might be bouncing around somewhere. He was with New Orleans last year, I think, and he was solid, sort of, but he's fast. I don't, I don't think Corey Brown's in the league. If he is, he's not relevant. I mean, he's not Julian Edelman, and he's not Nikhil Harry. He's, he's got weapons now. I think this is good for James White. Yes, huge for James White. I think, I mean, James White, I think, is equally as good as catching the ball as Christian McCaffrey was. Not the better player or not even close to being a better player running-wise. But catching the ball, James White is about as good as they come in the NFL. Yeah, yeah he's an upper, and, uh, echelon, upper echelon receiving running back in the league for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. And Cam Newton loves to dump it off to them run, uh, receiving running back. So, you know, and in PPR, we could see James White sneak into that top 24, no problem. And you know what? It's like people have kind of forgotten how good Cam Newton actually is, especially for fantasy. This guy averaged the fourth most fantasy points among quarterbacks in 2018. The year he played through that bum shoulder, he threw for a career-best completion percentage of 67.9. You know, it seemed like he was throwing the ball all over the place, and maybe that is attributed to those short intermediate routes, all those dump-offs to Christian McCaffrey. But, I mean, I'll take that for James White all day. And on top of all that, Jake, we're looking at a guy that's almost going to have a full year off. He didn't yes. come back at all last year. You know what, man? I said the same thing for Rob Gronkowski, and that's a that's a discussion for next week's episode when we, we'll hit Cam Newton again and talk about the uh, AFC East. But, uh, yeah, I think there's something to be said about a full year off from taking NFL hits, you know? I mean, pretty close. I mean, what did he – he pretty much hung it up for the year, what, second or third game last year? Um, yeah. So you look at – there's he had the shoulder problem, which everyone thought was the problem, but he recently came out in an interview and said – the big problem was his foot. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's been a year off of that. He's got to be hungry to prove every. I mean, Dude, he, you know, he's is, on a is there, is there a guy who's going to be playing with a bigger chip on his shoulder than Cam Newton? 
I mean, when you don't get literally, no one gives you a deal in the entire NFL. And the and Panthers black position. The Panthers just blackballed him. I mean, yeah, they just decided, yeah, you know what, we are out on this guy. We're gonna. He never existed. They threw him to the curb. And Cam Newton's coming back this year. He and he's coming back pissed. And you know what's crazy? He's only thirty-one, Jake. Mm-hmm. And the Patriots are the Patriots for a reason. Okay, and this is me talking as a Steeler fan. And this is me regretting, not even regretting, just admitting that the Patriots know what the hell is going on, okay? If they're going to take Cam Newton, I like their chances of Cam Newton bouncing back, them giving him a monster contract, and then they don't even skip a beat. And it's another, I won't say freaking championships. I hope not for the Steelers' case, but, man, if if Cam Newton finds 85% of himself, the Patriots are going to win 15 games this year. That's over an exaggeration, but at least 11. I want to hear you guess how many times in Cam Newton's career he's finished outside the top 12 fantasy quarterbacks in average points per game. Just give me a guess. It depends on injury, Jake, but I would say none. Zero. Good guess, my friend. Good guess. Yeah, Yeah. uh, that's the worst he's ever been was number 12 in average fantasy points per game. Otherwise, he's QB5, QB5. QB 11, QB 1, QB 3. He is money for fantasy. And you know what it's all about, especially with these uh, the quarterbacks in fantasy, is that rushing floor. And there's really no one who has a safer rushing floor than Cam Newton. He's rushed for at least 350 yards in every season of his career. So we're talking about how nasty that is. Super Lamar nasty. Lamar Jackson rushed for 1,200 yards last year. Oh, he's an outlier. He's a, he's a 1,200 f- fucking yards, dude. Oh, my God. God, he's a freak. He's a freak. Um, he so he's rushed for at least 350 yards in every season of his career, and he's rushed for over 530 yards in all but two seasons. So yeah. that it's like that 350 was kind of his rushing floor. So, yeah. like you said, I mean, if he's 80 percent of what he was before, and uh, he responds well to having that season off from football. Man, as it wheels up for Cam Newton in 2020. Yeah, I'm really interested to see where he starts to go in uh, redraft leagues. Uh, you know, not only for uh, one quarterback, but for two quarterbacks as well. I mean, Jake, you know me too well. That's a dude that I would write in permanent ink as my second quarterback. In oh, a two QB for league. sure, for sure. All day long. Take a... You could take a safer guy and then take that high upside guy as your two quarterback like you did last year with Lamar Jackson and then ultimately won you the championship. We talked about this a little bit at my wedding, but I've sort of had time to stew on it and maybe reconsider a little bit. But where do you rank Cam Newton right now off the top of your head among quarterbacks in fantasy? Uh, Jake, I was a little buzzed at your wedding. I'm not going to lie. I think, <laughs> I think I said 12. You said 15. 15. Now that I've talked about it a little bit, I can't see him finishing lower than 14. Since I saw that stat that he has never finished outside the top 12 in average fantasy points per game, and now he's got Belichick's coaching and some solid weapons, it's hard for me to put him outside that top 12. It's hard, man. It is, but all that being said, all I could do is put on one game from last year and that noodle arm that he had, and that could read. You know, put your thoughts right oh, back well, the 20, other way. 2019 was an outlier. He only played two games. And again, the year before, he almost threw for, he, he did throw for 68% completion percentage. That's, you know, that's baller. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. Let's get into some super sneaky sleepers. Again, 
I'm going to ask you on your opinion on some of these guys, and I don't want your reaction to be that guy sucks because I know he sucks. That's why he's going undrafted. <laughs> That's what makes him a super sneaky sleeper. But these are guys who it could happen. You know, everyone, someone like Raheem Mostert, he wasn't being talked about last year. But, nope. you know, maybe he would have fallen onto our super sneaky sleeper episode. I like it. That's, like that's going to be a good segue to bring up our first guy, and that is Mr. Jarek McKinnon from the San Francisco 49ers. Remember that guy? Uh, I remember him. I remember when he was relevant, when AP was beating his kids with a stick a couple <laughs> years ago. And, he, and, you know, he wasn't even particularly relevant back then. He was just kind of AP's backup. But it was shocking when the 49ers came out and they took this guy who was presumably a backup and they signed him for four years and forty million dollars in twenty eighteen. Like that's yeah. What the hell were they thinking? Ten million dollars for a year? I, I that was a crazy contract for again a guy who has never been a starter before. Yeah, and then they get all these good defensive players, and they're like, "Ah, <laughs> shit! Why did we do that?" <laughs> yeah, I think what maybe deterred them more from that was the fact that he hasn't even seen a game. Not even a preseason game, Jake. Uh, tore his ACL prior to the start of the 2018 season and then suffered a setback to that uh, knee surgery going into 2019. At the beginning of last episode, I talked a little bit about players who get hit with that injury-prone label, and Jarek McKinnon's that guy now. And that's sort of a shame because he had one injury. He had yeah. that ACL injury. It happens to guys all the time, but... He just was unfortunate enough to have a setback to that knee injury going into 2019, and it looks bad because, like you said, he's never played a game. But I think it's important to note that through this whole thing, this whole injury crisis, the 49ers didn't move on from him. They didn't trade him. They didn't cut him. They kept him on the roster, and they kept him on a roster with a loaded backfield. And maybe, I don't know, maybe that's a, a testament to what they think of this guy. Or it's a testament to how much I paid this guy. <laughs> yeah, true. There's not many teams, I guess, that would be willing to take on that contract. Um, yeah. And it's and if I, I'd love to see the dead cap hit if they were to release him. But we're not here to talk about cap, and we're not here to talk about team needs and other things. We're here to talk about fantasy football, Jake. Yeah. And, and you know what? As much as I like Raheem Mostert, and I am not, I am not a fan of Tevin Coleman. But for Jarek McKinnon, and, and and again, we're going to say this 10 times on this episode, we're talking super deep sleepers. Yeah, his, his McKinnon has to have a minimum of at least one injury to him even become relevant. I just don't see him getting in there and, and grinding out a snap share at all. He's too far down on the depth chart, and I think both guys in front of him are better than him. Is he too far down on the depth chart? Because it feels like, again, that was Raheem Mostert's spot last year. Like, he was way too far down on the depth chart, and now everyone's balls deep in Raheem Mostert. Yeah, but Raheem Mostert also had an injury in front of him in Jarek McKinnon. So that's what I'm saying. Like, Well, he had multiple injuries in front of him. Jarek McKinnon went down. Uh, Tevin Coleman went down. I think Breda might have been hurt for a minute. Um, that's right. They had Breda, too. I forgot about him. He's so nice. I love Brett, Matt Breda. What a freaking little beast he is. Next week's episode, we'll talk a little bit about Matt Breda and the Dolphins. Yeah, 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 yeah. But my problem with Jarek McKinnon right now is not Jarek McKinnon. It is his current ADP, which is at it, it's the middle of the 23rd round. Do we even go 23 rounds? No. So he's going, on, we, 
He's going undrafted. He's undrafted by a lot. I mean, I think we go 18, 18 or 19 yeah. rounds in our big draft. Jay. Yeah, yeah. He's an he's a complete afterthought, and he's going as the running back 80. People are picking 79 running backs before this guy. Some of the guys going before him, Peyton Barber, Darwin Thompson, and Malcolm Brown. Yeah. Listen, the, okay. the 49ers ran the ball at the second highest rate in the league last year. 51% of the time they were running the football. And Jimmy now Garoppolo sucks. He's fine. Let's not hate on Jimmy right now. Fucking handsome Jimmy. Go bang a porn star. <laughs> the 49ers, they got rid of Matt Breda, the guy who led the team in average carries per game. He's gone now. So now there's gonna there's presumably a hole opening up in that backfield. And I tweeted something about Jarek McKinnon the other day, and I saw a, an outstanding amount of people bring up Jeff Wilson. Isn't he a Jeff race Wilson. car driver? No, Jeff Wilson Jr. That's their other running back, I believe. Yeah, I'll have none of that. Um, I think he was brought in due to injury reasons. They kept this guy on the team because he's good. You want to talk about workout metrics? Have you seen what this guy did at the Combine? What, 10 years ago, Jake? Dude, I don't even care. Listen, 4440, 96th percentile, a 134 burst score, 97th percentile. 10.9 agility score, 94th percentile. I think he holds the record for most reps for a running back on the bench press not, uh, with 32, 99th percentile. And guess who player profiler made his best comparable running back? Reggie Bush. Ladanian Tomlinson. Uh, whatever. All right. Can That's I get a stat. I'm not here. <laughs> I, listen, you can tell me all you want. All you want. I've never been a Jarek McKinnon fan, even when he was decent so you're barking up a tree here that you're just not gonna fucking find uh firewood on it's just not gonna happen let me keep trying he averaged four yards per carry in his career that's solid that's not bad he was active active in the passing game in his last year with minnesota caught 51 balls for 420 yards did i mention how much san francisco runs the ball in a committee style so you know they're not just gonna feed raheem mostert Here's all right. This is what I'll give you, Jake, and this is all I'll give you. Okay, on Jarek McKinnon, I'll take what and I can get. I don't want to be, and I'm not going to be a hater on all these players that we talk about today. <laughs> Trust me, there's some guys on this list that I really like, and uh, you know, and some guys and that I, you really hate. Yes, there is, and, it, and you know, I think Jarek McKinnon easily has a chance to be a viable running back this year. And Jake, I think we need to change how we talk just a little bit here. I think. And I've been thinking about this the last couple of weeks. We need to have more depth, especially at the running back position, than any year before. Yeah, good call. You talk about you talk about what's going on in the world, and no one wants to talk about this right now. It's like the black sheep in the fantasy football community that no one wants to talk about. We need to get in front of this, and we need to talk about this. Someone gets the coronavirus or tests positive for the coronavirus. They're going to be out for a minimum of two weeks. Which is way more likely than anyone's talking about. In a, in a contact sport Super like likely. football, man. Super I mean, they're trading spit. They're training, they're trading blood. Uh, you know, so here's my take on Jarek McKinnon. And I think this is going to be coming up a lot in our next couple episodes because we need to talk about this. You, I'm going to take more running backs this year than ever before. You talk about a guy that gets hit on almost every single play, a running back. If running back gets Corona, he's out for two games. Boom. In minimum. There's going to be people gotta... listening to this who think this is silly. And, like, it, it's, it's I think not, it's super it's not, important. It's not, listen, 
it's not i'm not getting political i'm not getting doctrine i'm not getting any of that stuff jake i'm talking about the way the nfl is going to do it and the way they're going to be forced to do it if they want to have a season this year if someone gets the coronavirus they're going to be out for two games minimum yeah and that's not even it doesn't matter what you think about it you think it's real fake whatever that's just that's what's going to happen and people need to understand that so in a in a position where running backs get hit every single play and get touched by other humans every single play. We need to be drafting and stockpiling more running backs this year than ever before. More than wide receivers, more than tight ends, more than quarterbacks. I, if I can leave my draft with seven running backs this year, I might, honestly. And that's – Jarek McKinnon might be the last running back I take, but Jarek McKinnon might also be one of the best running backs I take at the last pick. Sure, no doubt. I mean, there, who's to say there isn't a point this year where both Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman are sidelined? Jarek McKinnon is a borderline RB1 in that scenario? Uh, you want me to start talking Tiffany's in here, Jake? Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. We've heard enough about <laughs> Tiffany's. Um, but I think this is a good segue into another running back since we're talking about loading up on depth and someone you might not think is relevant anymore in fantasy. Oh, nice. Yeah, drinking a few beers. <laughs> uh, a guy who we don't think is relevant anymore in fantasy, and that is Royce Freeman. Rolls-Royce Freeman. He's currently going in the middle of the 15th round as the RB56. Uh, that really, and that, that's not crazy to me. Again, this guy is more of a deep sleeper because right now he's got two guys ahead of him. Melvin Gordon, who's going to carry the workload for the Denver Broncos. and Who's going to get hurt. Who's probably going to get hurt. Yes, sir. And Philip Lindsay, who's uh, set to handle the uh, passing game in Denver. Yeah. So with Royce Freeman, Jake, I, I like him a lot better. Like if I had a pick between Royce Freeman and Jerick McKinnon, give me Royce Freeman all day. He's a younger player. I don't know about his metrics, but I know they're picked around the same. Uh, you know, he's a third round pick, seventy-seven overall. So as far um, as far as metrics go, we're not going to find anyone on this list who can. No, hold Jared McKinnon's jockstrap. Yeah, yeah, I got what you're saying. Uh, and the, you can't argue with the numbers, right? The, the numbers are the numbers. You, uh, you want to talk about numbers? Let's talk about this guy's college production. This was this guy was a freak at Oregon. As a freshman, he ran for just under 1,400 yards and 18 touchdowns. As a sophomore, 1,800 yards and 17 touchdowns. He finished his college career with 60 total touchdowns and 5,600 rushing yards. And you know what's impressive about that, Jake, is anyone that watches college football, Oregon is known as a spread-it-out passing attack. For him to have that many yards and that many touchdowns is very, very, very impressive. So the dude's got game. There's no doubt about it. This is tough for me to say because I have Philip Lindsay in Dynasty. I think Philip Lindsay's days, and they're they're coming to an end. I, they, you know, he's had over 1,000 yards rushing and was a baller, and they just said, ah, we'll give – all the money that we need to Melvin Gordon. And let's just do that. And I think that you talk about a guy that gets injured every single year. You talk about Melvin Gordon besides Jared or besides James Conner, he might be the most injury prone running back in the league. Yes. He's a super high injury risk. Absolutely. And I think if he gets injured, Freeman slides right into that role. Uh, so Freeman's definitely someone that, you know, like we just talked about with Jarek McKinnon and this whole coronavirus stuff that's going on. You know, he's a guy that I'll have as my fifth running back, and I'll be completely happy with that walking away from the draft. 
Yeah, and people might make the argument to what you just said there about him sliding into the role that he's already been in that role. Like last year, it was Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay, and he didn't produce. But I don't know. Again, this is why they're super sneaky sleepers. This could be a guy who breaks out in his third year in the NFL, you know, and I, he's got some snaps under his belt. He ran for 1,800 yards as a sophomore, dude. That's crazy. And realistically, Jake, if all these guys were talking about, if we hit on one or two of them, we've done our job. Sure, absolutely. I'm going to take that victory lap to the bank. Yeah, all we got to do is hit one or two of them. And <laughs> that legitimately, if one of the two of these guys hit, they could win you your league. Some of them might score zero fantasy points this year. I don't know. Absolutely. But we're not here to, you know, we're not here to pound on the freaking desk <laughs> and say you need to take this guy in the fifth round. No. You know? These are just guys you might, again, you might want to consider these guys instead of an early kicker. Maybe take a kicker with your very last pick and consider Royce Freeman. And, here's the, and Jake, I want to cut you off. This is shit that pisses me off with, with people and especially rookie uh, fancy players, they think that they got to go and fill their entire lineup. You know, I got, okay, I got my three wide receivers. I got my tight end. Okay, now I'm going to pick my defense. Now I'm going to pick my kicker and then fill the rest of the bench in. Yeah. You, I'll check with your commissioner before the draft starts. See what the um, maximum amount of players per position is. See what the maximum. You. This is what we talked about on the first episode you ever brought me on. You have to know your league, Okay. Check with your commissioner to know what the maximum amount of players per position is for draft availability. And a lot of times, you don't even have to pick a kicker or defense in the draft. So if you're drafting three weeks before the draft starts, Jake, give me the fourth or fifth running back on my roster over a defense or a kicker that I might drop in the second or third week because a training camp injury can happen, a preseason injury can happen, and their value skyrockets. And you got them for free over a kicker that doesn't matter. That is phenomenal advice. Overtaking some rando kicker or some, if the upper echelon defense is already gone, you're just going to take a scrub defense anyway. Don't even draft them. Take a player that, like you said, who knows, could step into a starting role because they're the starter on the team gets hurt or catches coronavirus. And like you said, the, the value skyrockets. I really like that uh, piece of advice. Uh, one last thing on Royce Freeman before we move on. I just want to point out that he is more of a dynasty sleeper than redraft. I've read a lot of articles recently suggesting that Freeman doesn't even make the 2020 roster. That's not yeah. out of the question. Uh, but it, it wouldn't be the worst situation for him to find himself on a new team, a fresh start. Absolutely, absolutely. And all, yeah, and he, this is a guy who costs nothing right now. You get him on your dynasty roster, and he, you could have something there in 2021, even if he doesn't pop off this year. And he's a guy, Jake, if you believe in someone like him, if you're making a trade in dynasty, you got, you know, you're at this point in the season, you're trading picks, you're trading, you know, players that have high upside, low upside, whatever. He's a guy that, if you think the trade's a little even, but you need a little bit more, give me Royce Freeman, throw throw that in for him, and you got the deal. And that's how you – and then you feel good because you think you want to trade a little bit, and you got a potential firecracker on your team. That is also fantastic advice. All these guys are great throw-in guys for trades. Just a little side note because – Big throw-in guy So the trade. guy, the guy you you're, We yeah. love the throw-ins. The guy you're trading with, uh, he's not willing to let the trade fall through over Royce Freeman, over Jarek McKinnon. You can get that side piece whose value can spike in a year, in two years, uh, yeah. for essentially nothing. That's all we got for running backs. Jarek McKinnon, Royce Freeman, they might not pop off this year, but if they do, you'll be happy we brought them up. Absolutely. Let's go on. I have one quarterback here because it's really hard to go down and find, like, deep sleeper 
quarterbacks of value because, uh, what, there's only 32 of them, right? Yeah. 34 if you're being we generous. A lot of two QB leagues, Jake. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, when the draft's over, more often than not, every quarterback that's a starter is usually taken. So I went right down. I, I checked out the ADP. I went to the bottom of the list. And sitting there at quarterback 29 was Ryan Fitzpatrick. How insane is that? Quarterback 29, as in you're only selecting three other starters after Ryan Fitzpatrick? What? So, Jake, okay, so this is this is a perfect person to bring up, and I'm so glad you bring it up. And this is a guy, as for as hard as I slam Jarek McKinnon, I'm really going to pump up Mr. Ryan Fitzpatrick, okay? Listen, there is a 100% chance that Fitzpatrick will throw four interceptions in a game and look like he doesn't even know what the hell is going on. But there's also a chance that he throws for 350, two touchdowns, and rushes and sneaks one in on the two-yard mm-hmm. line. Absolutely. And you talk about a guy that literally is a YOLO. He's just – he YOLOs the ball, bro. He don't give a shit. He's 36 years old, 37 years old. He knows that two was taken over at the end of the year. Uh, and the Dolphins you know, aren't exactly a contender. I th- I look at this year as another punt year for Miami. They know they're not going to be anything good this year. They want another high pick. They have tons of picks this year because all the trades they made coming up. Two is pretty much taking a uh, redshirt season to an extent. He might get some action later on in the year. I'd say around week 10, 11, 12. So Fitzpatrick's going to get a lot of looks this year, man. And the dude will sling it. And I really wish the Steelers would bring him in as a backup because I can't stand the backups they have this year. Uh, just look at last year. I don't think that he's a one quarterback starter at any point during the year, except for in really good matchups. But I definitely, definitely think he's someone that you put on your bench in a two quarterback league. hundred percent. You know, I'm not sure he isn't a one quarterback guy this year. I mean, so Miami, we like we talked about, they're not a contender. They threw the ball at the second highest rate in the NFL last year at 65.8%. And he finished the total year at QB 18. He's currently being drafted at QB 29. But yeah. he finished the year super hot. From yeah. weeks 10 through 17, he was the QB 4. Number oh, I know. 4, I know. man. Yeah. Yeah, he was a monster, dude. He really – and that's the type of shit – and we've seen him do that with Tampa Bay the year before that. I mean, the dude could do it. There's no doubt about it. And and here's the thing. You want to talk about garbage time? The dude will put you in a 24 nothing hole, and and he'll bring you back because he don't care. I, I, I'm, I, I love Brian Fitzpatrick, man. I've always been a fan of his, even when the time he was in Buffalo. And, you know, everyone brings this up, but it's a good point. Dude's smart. The dude's really smart. He went to Harvard, bro. What? Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard? Yes, sir. Look it up. <laughs> um, so the reason Ryan Fitzpatrick is obviously going so late is because there's people who are concerned that this is the year of Tua Tagaviola. Did I get that right? Tunga. Tunga Viola. Damn it. Yeah. You'd think I would have there's no N in there. Yeah, but it's silent. I don't know. That's just what I was told. It's coming from a guy with a silent H in his name. Facts. So, I mean, what are the odds Tua even plays this year? You said something earlier about uh, you thought maybe week 11 or something. I'd love to know when their bye week is, Jake. The Miami Dolphins bye week is week 11. That is perfect. Because guess when he's going to come in? Week 12. (laughs) 
and who do they play week 12 13 14 15 16 yeah that's what i was just looking at it's um it starts off all right they play the jets and the bengals but then they moved on to kansas city new england vegas and buffalo so about half those games i don't they don't really scare me kansas city doesn't really scare me defensively i mean they'll get trounced but that doesn't scare me but with all that being said jake i think that i think he, he comes in around third quarter of the season you know uh, back half of the third season uh third part of the season i think that too uh they and exactly what you said jake they're not winning anything this year so what's the point in pushing the issue with a guy like Tua, who is presumably the cornerstone of your franchise at this point in time you want him to be healthy and they have a ton of draft picks coming back this year they're gonna punt this year anyway so Here's the Brian thing, Fitzpatrick's going to get a lot of looks, and I would not be surprised if Brian Fitzpatrick plays def- decent and he plays all year. You look at the guys recently, Jake, that have sat a year in the NFL or uh, almost a whole year. That Look how just the two best quarterbacks, the two best quarterbacks in the league right now, pretty much sat a whole year. Ryan Fitz, or, um, Lamar Jackson sat 80% of the season, came in and balled. Lamar, or uh, Jesus. Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes sat an entire season, came out, and balled. I am a firm believer that unless you have, like, a good offensive line and things of that nature that can protect them, you should really sit your your quarterback for one year if you draft him early. You look at a guy like Josh Rosen getting killed, man. Just getting killed. And he's ruined for life. No one's going to touch him with a 10-foot pull anymore. Isn't that a shame you'll never know what Josh Rosen could have been? Like, he's a top ten pick. Yeah, <laughs> top ten pick, and he literally he's like he's like trash. Two years ago, he was a top ten he's a, pick. Yeah, he's a backup, a third string, really. Yeah, it's crazy. And here's the thing: it's not like they're gonna just bring in Tua in week eleven because it's the bye week, or week twelve because it's the week after the bye week. Ryan Fitzpatrick's gonna have to underperform, and if he's balling out, they're just gonna keep Tua on the bench. If Tua comes in and plays. Five games, uh, let's say four games this year. Where would you draft Ryan Fitzpatrick as far as QB rankings go? The QB what? QB 24. Okay. All right. So that's not so far off from where he's going. QB uh, 29. I think just because of like, I think two is going to play a little, little bit this year. Now, if you told me locked in Ryan Fitzpatrick's the starter all year, I think he's QB 20. If you told me he was playing a full season, I think I would take him at QB 15. I like the pass volume that's there. I like I like the weapons that are there. And Preston Williams, I think he's a stud. Devonta Parker he loves Devonta Parker. Mike Gesicki. Yeah, uh, they've got you're Matt. Talking me into they, it, Jake. They've you're got the the aforementioned Matt Breda coming out of the backfield. Jake, we're, we're sinking too far into this <laughs> into this hole. Okay, okay. That's- let me let me let me chew on this and let's get back to it when we come to the AFC East episode. And that in radio, my friends. It's called a cliffhanger. Let's move on. No, no, no. Let's move on to the wide receivers, and we're going to go with a hometown guy. And when I say Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver sleeper, everyone says the same thing, Deontay Johnson. And you know what that means? No, sir. That means he's not a sleeper. If every Correct. single person has him pegged as a sleeper, he's not, by definition, he's not a sleeper. It's 2020. With all the information that's out there, is there such thing as sleepers anymore? There Not is on really. this. There is on this episode, baby. That's why we're here, baby. That's <laughs> what I was getting at. So, Jake, what you said, what you just said, is a hundred percent fact. 
So did I even say the guy's name? I'm I'm talking about James Washington for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I yeah, was yeah, yeah. Kind of surprised when I searched his ADP because I thought he might be another one of these undrafted guys, but he's going at the start of the 14th round. Uh, still at the wide receiver 65. This is a guy who saw 80 targets last year, 44 catches, 735 yards, and three touchdowns. You said wide receiver 65, Jake? Six, yes, 65. Oh my god. Last year. Oh my god. Last year, he was the wide receiver 48, and that was just seven spots behind Deontay Johnson. We're talking about a difference of 15 fantasy points, 0.4 less points per game than Deontay Johnson, who's going four rounds sooner in the 10th round. And has anyone told, or is are people just blind outside of Pittsburgh? And, and Jake, let's get one thing out there. He's no sleeper in Pittsburgh, bro. In our draft, he's no sleeper. He'll be drafted. By any stretch. But it, out there in the other parts of the country, which hopefully you guys are listening to this out there, 100% a sleeper. You talk about a guy. It, it, ben Roethlisberger is back at quarterback. Yeah, what the baby. Hell are people thinking? Yeah, oh, la- last time we saw Big Ben under center for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Steelers passed at the second highest rate in the NFL at 67.4. I don't remember off the top of my head what they were last year, but they tanked. They were at the bottom of the league in uh, pass Horrible. play percentage. Obviously, Horrible. because of the quarterback situation, but uh, it's fair to assume that the Steelers are going to throw the ball more in 2020, and that yeah. uh, that's good for James Washington. He had a five-game stretch last year, weeks 10 through 15, where he was the wide receiver 15. Uh, wow. He's, yeah, he's had good games, and he really flew underneath the radar. You talk about a guy in James Washington where Ben Roethlisberger has a local radio show on the fan here in Pittsburgh every Tuesday. And he has talked about a lot how much he loves James Washington. Ooh, some inside information from Pittsburgh. If you're telling me James Washington is wide receiver 60-whatever, Jake, give me him minimum, minimum wide receiver 40. Minimum. Yeah, that that might be a tad bold. Uh, you know what? Maybe that isn't so bold. Again, Deontay Johnson. So that's your wide receiver four. If I'm leaving my draft with James Washington as my wide receiver four, I'm pumped. I'm I'm uh I'm not upset. I guess I don't know if I'm pumped. What I just don't understand is that gap in between Deontay Johnson and James Washington. Again, they finished 15 points apart. They were practically the same receiver, but Deontay Johnson is going four rounds sooner. Exactly four rounds sooner. Uh, it just makes n- zero sense to me. I don't get it. Uh, let's get off of James Washington and move on to Steven Sims, wide receiver for the Washington Redskins. Uh, he, he's, he was undrafted out of Kansas, 5'9", 184 pounds. He's built like your typical slot receiver. And this guy was a nobody for the majority of the year. So this is a guy who barely saw the field at the beginning of his I think he was a rookie last year, NFL career. He played under 15% of snaps in nine of his first 10 weeks. So under 15, he's barely even there. He's returning kicks uh, rather well, may I add. He actually led the NFL in kick return yards with 819, which is kind of the way I see it, like a testament to what the team sees in him. Like he's an athletic guy. He's a dynamic guy. Uh, If you have him kick returning, I think that means something. And, it and, does, Jake. It definitely And does. for fantasy purposes, maybe not so much, but maybe the occasional score. He had one kick return touchdown. Yeah, and it, it, here's the thing with a guy like this, Jake, and you brought him up. You sent me this text earlier this week, and I had to really think about this. 
You look at comparables, Jake, and we just talked about a guy like this. And I'm not comparing him. I just said comparables, but I'm not comparing him skill set wise. I'm talking height and weight. You're going to say AB. I am going to say <laughs> I think it is very similar. I'd have to look it up, but the 5 9 so 184. AB got to start in Pittsburgh, returning kicks, returning punts, and getting a lot. And he barely played his, his uh, rookie season and kind of grabbed carved out a role and then he got more explosive and i'm a huge component of second year rookie breakouts i mean your player breakouts when was ab drafted was he a sixth rounder uh yeah sixth Ste- or seventh round yeah steven sims undrafted you could be on to something if if steven sims becomes the next ab i'll play his freaking clip <laughs> over and over Make I, it- that'll be Make Screw it your ringtone. I'll put this as my entry intro music Jake, all day long. That would be but beautiful. Epic. Absolutely epic. So what I was saying before with he really was like a late bloomer in the season. I don't know if it was like Dwayne Haskins slowly starting to show some faith in this guy, but he played under 15% of snaps in the first nine of 10 weeks and then over 57% of snaps in his last five games. From, from weeks from weeks 14 through 17, he was the wide receiver nine. He averaged nine targets a game. That is target hog type targets. Yeah, absolutely. He was targeted on over 33% of his red zone routes. That was the fourth most frequent. So not only is he getting those short intermediate passing routes, but he, they're also finding him in the red zone. He's getting end zone targets. Yeah, the dude's money. If... And here's the thing. We're mentioning him on the Super Sneaky Sleepers episode on what is today? June something? Is it July yet? July 1, baby. Today is July 1st when we're recording this. Bobby Bonilla Day. When we come towards draft season, I fear this guy is not going to be a sleeper anymore. I think this is the guy that we're mentioning on this list who's going to emerge above all the rest, who's really starting to pick up hype who people are realizing there's something to this Steven Sims guy in an offense where it's just Terry McLaurin and no one else in an offense. That's going to take a step forward this year for sure. In uh Dwayne Haskins second year. Uh, yeah, I like Steven Sims a lot. Did I mention Steven Sims ADP? I'm sure it's gross. It's disgusting. So obviously it's undrafted uh, round 2404. Wide re- wide receiver 98. I can't even come up with, I mean, 97 receivers that are going to go before this guy? 97? Unacceptable. Super unacceptable. Unacceptables. What? So say he plays full 15-game season. Say his snap share is at the 50% mark that you told him. So let's let's put that let's just preference that and say that he played he played he played over fifty seven percent of snaps in his last five let's games. Say, let's just say let's round it down, Jake, to average everything out. That's fifty five percent. Okay, let's say he plays fifty five percent of the snaps for a sixteen game season. He finishes no lower than wide receiver fifty. Oh, for sure, for sure, absolutely. And and to be clear, I think he's going to play more than fifty five percent of snaps. Next year, but I, that's that's lowballing everything, and it, we're talking wide receiver fifty at a low ball. So if you take him at wide receiver fifty, yeah, yeah, it, he's a it's a no brainer. Steven Sims is a stupid value at wide receiver ninety eight. If you can get him with your last pick, like Donnie was talking about earlier in this episode, where instead of taking a kicker with your last pick, you take Steven Sims. 
which if you're playing in a league with guys who know what they're doing, that's not you're not going to be able to do that come August because I'm telling you, this guy is going to pick up steam. Uh, he's going to be a guy who a lot of people are going to call a sleeper, and he's going to slowly lose sleeper status as we get closer to draft season. I have one more wide receiver I want to talk about, and that is Baltimore Ravens Wookie, Wookie? rookie wide receiver Devin <laughs> Devin Duvernay from Texas. This guy's ADP. I went to look at it on the list, not even on there. They have like the top three hundred some not being drafted beyond not being drafted, and I think it's a little crazy because this guy's walking into an offense with no wide receivers. Hollywood Brown, he's good, but he doesn't have like that alpha type receiver. He's a good field stretcher. He's fast. But the Ravens are a team that scored a league-leading 19 touchdowns from the slot in 2019. Devin Duvernay worked primarily out of the slot when he was at Texas. This is a guy with four, three, nine wheels. Receiving yards from the slot in college, it went Justin Jefferson, one, with 1,500, and then Devin Duvernay, two, with just under 1,400. I mean, he's good. He had the lowest dropped pass percentage of any Power 5 wide receiver since 2018. Five dropped passes on 244 targets. He has hands. He has run-after-the-catch ability. He led college football in yards after the catch in 2019 with 719 yards. This guy seems to check all the boxes, uh, especially at the slot position, for a team that needs a good slot receiver. and For a team that has a guy who's going to throw those short intermediate routes and Lamar Jackson. He's not a deep ball passer. So why can't Devin Duvernay be good in 2020? You talk about scoring opportunity. You talk about person that can move the football down the field. You talk about opportunity and snaps. Uh, you talk about time of possession. This team likes to run the ball. So that, that guy's going to be on the field more than any other player we talked about today mm-hmm. so far. Anyone. That's important what you're saying about an offense. that's going to score a lot. That's going to keep the chains moving. That's going to keep the offense on the field. Right. Absolutely. How great is that for a slot guy? Give me guys on good offenses. If if it's a coin flip, 99% of the time in a draft, if I'm down to two players and I have them side by side, I got to flip a coin. The coin flip always lands on the person that's on the better offense. If I take him at wide receiver 60 as my last pick, why not? Yeah. And I think he could easily finish inside the top 50, and which isn't saying a lot. I know, like, Wide receiver 48 doesn't sound sexy, but if you can get him with your last pick, he's got good upside, especially in a PPR league where he can soak up those targets in the slot. I'm just saying let's not totally sleep on Devin Duvernay. Uh, Let's move on to the tight ends. I have two guys here who I consider sleepers, and one of them has been really one of the best top five tight ends of the the past decade, and that's Greg Olson. He's moving now to Seattle, a team with Russell Wilson that has really favored tight ends, especially in the red zone. Uh, Will Disley last year was tight end five through the first five weeks of the season before he was injured. I didn't pull any other stats besides Will Disley, but I know for a fact he loves to pepper those tight ends. Um, I've seen him and Russell Wilson working already this offseason together. I can just see the chemistry there. I know Greg Olson's a great locker room guy. I don't know if Will Disley completely falls off the map. I know... Jacob Hollister still exists in that offense. But for some reason, when I close my eyes, I can just see eight touchdowns for Greg Olson in the realm of possibility. Ooh, boy, oh, boy, Jacob. We're talking eight touchdowns as a tight end. 
We're talking top 15 tight end all day long. Yep, I don't think that's crazy. And he is currently going as the tight end 25 in the 14th round, middle of the 14th. He won't go tight end 25 in our draft because I'm at Zach <laughs> take him in the fourth round. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Zach, you're an okay guy. No, I like you, Zach. You're a good dude. <laughs> I'm just joking. But listen, uh, with a guy like Greg Olson, Jake, you talk about Russell Wilson. I think we both can agree Russell Wilson, talent-wise, a top five tight end in the, in the or top five quarterback in the game. Yes. Correct? I don't know how good of a tight end he is, but I would consider him a top five quarterback. Correct. And you talk about a guy that loves to throw to the tight end. I mean, freaking Jacob Hollister was relevant last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on now. Will Disley was having a great season before he got injured last year. I think Greg Olson is a, and he had a good, he had games last year. We had a hundred yards and a touchdown. He was the tight end 13 last year on a not good Carolina Panthers team with a not good quarterback. Yeah. Terrible, terrible at both aspects of those. You know, if it wasn't, if it wasn't Christian McCaffrey, it's not even worth talking about yeah. when it comes to Carolina last year. You talk about a guy like Greg Olson and you said he's going tight end 24, Jake. 25. 25. You know, it's even and- funnier than 24. 25. <laughs> so, shout out SpongeBob. <laughs> so, why can't he be a guy that you take with your last pick? And I've been beating this drum too, Jake. And it's and if you guys are loyal listeners to, listeners to us, you'll figure out how I play the game very quickly because I'm very consistent. If you don't take one of them top tight ends, I'm gonna go poke at a Greg Olson at the end of the draft. Okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mess around with these freaking mid round guys. I'll take two two tight ends at the at the back after the draft and hope one pops off and gives me top ten production. What's what's the range of outcomes on a great guy like Greg Olson? What would you say his maximum upside is, Jake? Max, I mean, if we're talking maximum of maximum ceilings, he could be tight end six. I, I don't think he. It's w- not hard to get tight end six in the NFL. Yeah, I don't think he will be. I think tight end. In the top 10 is very possible. I think top 15 is super possible, if not likely, for Greg Olson in that offense. I mean, for years, it was Greg Olson, Rob Gronkowski, and Travis Kelsey. For years. Those were the three guys that everyone wanted. I like Greg Olson as easily a top 15 tight end this year. Easily. Here is one more late-round tight end guy that almost nobody is talking about. And we brought him up on our AFC South episode for the Houston Texans, and that is Kahale Waring. He was picked in round three, 86 overall by the Texans. Now, this is a guy who has great workout metrics. He's a fast tight end. He's a big tight end. He was placed on injured reserve prior to the start of the season with concussion issues, and he didn't see the field in 2019. But it Turns out the tight end position was kind of relevant in Houston because Darren Fells finished as the tight end 15 through 15 games played. Um, and Jordan Atkins wasn't bad. I mean, he finished tight end 31, but he had stretches where he was solid. Now, both of these guys, Darren Fells, 34 years old, Atkins, 28 years old. You know, they're getting to that that point, that age apex but Kahale Waring, just 23 years old, 6'5", 252 pounds, coming into an offense that now there's targets up for grabs. Absolutely, Jake. Obviously, I'm a huge, huge Deshaun Watson guy. I really, really like him. I like what he brings to the table. Yeah, you want to talk top five quarterback talents. Easily. He's top three talent-wise. If you put him in Pat Mahomes' offense, what he has around him. Yeah, QB1. 
uh, he'd be pretty close I'll say to QB1. QB1. Yeah. Talk about a guy, Kahale Waring, that has a top five talented quarterback. And we talk about this all the time, Jake. He's a lottery ticket, man. I want a lottery ticket that has a chance to win a lot of money on that lottery ticket, right? He's definitely one of those guys. He has all the tools. There's not much in front of him. There's no stable veteran guy that is really pushing and controlling the snaps. There's there's no DeAndre Hopkins. That's huge, Jake. That's huge. And what did they bring in? A Brandon Cooks. And I talked about this a lot with with the David Johnson. And David Johnson can't eat up all those short and intermediate routes. Yeah, and you said it there, the short and intermediate routes, because guys like Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller, they are the burners. They're the 4-3-40 speed guys on the offense who are going to take yep. off and take the top off the secondary, and now that leaves the short intermediate routes, presumably, to Kahale Waring. Darren Fells and Jordan Atkins, Akins? Yeah. I said that I last know. episode. I don't remember how uh, how to pronounce his last name. But um, these guys, I don't think they would have even had much opportunity had Kahale Waring not had concussion issues before the start of the season. And Fells finished finished as the tight end 15. That's decent. He had a couple games, too, where he was like two for two with two touchdowns. Yeah, he he finished with seven touchdowns. And you said before with Greg Olson, like anyone who's got six or more touchdowns has a solid shot to finish in the top 15 just on touchdowns alone. Yeah, and tight end's a position that's tight end or bust, or uh, touchdown or bust. But if we're talking, if we're talking a guy that has a bunch of available targets, and if let's say he gets sixty, let's just say low number, he gets fifty catches this year and five or six touchdowns, he's top fifteen easily, easily. So, and that's another guy. If you believe in him, and you know, you put your you put your flag in the ground on him, and he's the guy that you take in the last round or the second to last round. And again, tight ends are so deep that you probably don't even need to take him in the last round or second to the last round in most leagues. He's probably going to go undrafted, and that's fine because there's so many tight ends. Tight ends so deep. But in like a tight end premium type league, yes. uh, or a league where you start two tight ends, this is a name that has to be on the radar, a guy who everyone is sleeping on. And uh, I, I think a lot of people should start looking towards Kahali Waring in the Houston Texans offense. I think that's a great call, Jake. Absolutely. That will wrap up this episode. It has been a freaking blast, as always. Covering the deep, super, super, super sleepers in the NFL. All these guys, they might not win you your league. Some of these guys might bust. They all might bust, but their names to keep an eye on. They're better than drafting a defense or a kicker. Don't forget them when it's time to draft. And that's all we got. Don't forget to check out Near Falls with D. Hall. That's Donnie's show, a wrestling podcast. Tell them yes, about sir. it real quick. Tell them about it. Yeah, yes, yeah, sir. Yes, sir. Check it out, guys. Uh, Don't forget, we got music. Stuff. Don't forget, we got music playing right now. Everything's great. Check it out. I got half the sale. DM me. Near Falls with D. Hall on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. Love you guys. That wasn't my way of saying you had to speed it up. I was just saying come in with some of <laughs> All right, that's it. Thank you, guys. See you.